0: Welcome to the Prosperous Piano Teacher Podcast. I'm Ashley Young, pianist, instructor, and business coach, and I'm here to help you dream big about what your studio could be if you are willing to open your mind and level up your business skills. I'm going to share the tangible strategies that I've learned for streamlining and scaling your studio so that you can align your business to work for your life instead of letting your business control your life. I am so happy that you're here. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, and welcome in to another episode of the Prosperous Piano Teacher. I am Ashley. Welcome back if you're a long-time listener, and welcome in if this is your first time listening. I am really happy to be here today. I just wrapped up earlier this morning um, a live launch that I was doing. For those of you that are longtime listeners, you might know that I've talked about Secrets to Sight Reading, which was a live course that I taught over the summer this last year. And then I've been live launching it, meaning I've been doing these free like one-hour events um, where I teach a class and I give people like a ton of value. And then I promote the course from that class uh, because I took that live class that I taught in the summer and turned it into a digital course. And I live launched it in October, in November, and today, earlier this morning. And it has been a whirlwind, but it has been so valuable and so beneficial. And it's not the point of today's episode. I will have to do a whole episode where I like go in depth and talk to you about that process of teaching a live class, turning it into a digital course, and then also promoting it live. And the reason I've been promoting it live so much is because I'm turning it into an evergreen Offer So that means I now have the replay of the live launch that I did today and people can choose to watch the replay. And then ideally that's kind of operating in the background and I'm promoting it occasionally and potentially maybe eventually running ads to it. And that course can be selling a little bit more automatically. As we know, nothing's like truly autopilot, um, but evergreen course sales are basically the most evergreen that you can get or the most automatic that you can get in your business. And so that's my goal with that. And so I'm I'm over this big hurdle of launching it live three times. And now I'm beginning the part of the evergreen model. Um, And I'm so excited to learn more about that and just dive in and, and get to go. So anywho, I taught that class this morning and I'm really looking forward to today's episode. We're going to be talking about how to set kick-ass business and income goals and reach them in 2024. And the real, like this whole episode I think is going to be really value packed, um, but I will actually, we're going to talk about it kind of in two steps Um, and that's kind of where like the, the, the big advice is going to come from is in those two steps. Um, but there's, there's a lot in this episode. I'm not going to lie. When I was like structuring this episode, I was like, how do I get everything that I want to say into this episode? And it took me a little bit longer than the normal to like real, like reconfigure all the information and get it in a way that would actually make sense to another human. So I hope that you get a lot of value you know, in this episode, and we're actually going to start with a little bit of a story. Um, but before I dive in, if you are getting value from this podcast episode, if you would please share it on social media, send a link to a friend, share it with the piano teacher community, rate and review the podcast, anything that you can do to show the fact that you like it um, and to help get this podcast into the hands of other piano teachers would be amazing. I just recently, uh, actually I think it was this morning or last night, saw a post in the Prosperous Piano Teacher Facebook group where one of the teachers that I know listens to the podcast and that I know has really followed a lot of the advice that I've given on the podcast, Um, basically did a little breakdown of her review of like, I switched to this billing model that Ashley recommended and like, I feel so much better. I have so much energy, my income is higher. And she like did the calculations that if she was still charging the old way, she'd be making a thousand dollars less this month. And so I just, I know that this information is helping people in real life. It's making actual differences in teachers' lives. And so if you know any teachers that would benefit from this, please, please, please pass the podcast along. And when you rate and review it, it helps other piano teachers discover it on their own as well. Okay, so let's dive in. We are going to start today's episode with a story about the Frozen soundtrack. That's right. You you didn't mishear me. The Frozen soundtrack, the children's movie. And you're probably wondering, like, what in the world does the Frozen soundtrack have to do with business? And I promise it, it will connect. Just stick with me. Um... So for those of you that don't know, I have a four and a half year old daughter. And she, for the most of her life, has not really loved movies. But in the last, I would say like three to six months, she's gotten really into movies. And her two favorites are Encanto and Frozen. And so we basically alternate between the two. And we are constantly listening to the Encanto soundtrack or the Frozen soundtrack. Um, And thankfully I'm a musician. And so I don't get annoyed by those soundtracks. I love those soundtracks. (laughs) Um, But one of the things that we often do like in the car on the way to school when we're listening to these soundtracks is we will turn the music down and we'll kind of dissect the songs and we'll talk about like what they mean because if you're an adult and you're watching Encanto or you're watching Frozen you can watch from the beginning to the end and you can hear all the songs and you can understand the meaning of them right? You can take away the lessons and you can say like, oh, okay, here's what Elsa's going through. Like she thinks she has to hold it all in. She thinks she has to be perfect. And then eventually she realizes she can be her authentic self, let it go, blah, blah, blah. And you can, you can get those lessons. But a lot of the lessons I don't think are really obvious to the kids that are younger, um, specifically to like my daughter's age of like four and a half year olds. And she of course loves let it go. Like who doesn't? And one of the main lines in that song is conceal, don't feel, um, don't let it show. And that's like a really strong message that I don't want her internalizing, right? Like I don't want her to hear conceal, don't feel, um, don't let it show. And to think that that's the point of the song. And then later, let it go is a more ambiguous message. And she doesn't necessarily know what like let it go means. So we dissect it and we talk about the meaning of the songs. And we I really try to give her like the lessons of the songs. And there's this one song in Frozen 2. And I am going to drop some spoilers here. So you might want to fast forward this part if you haven't seen Frozen 2 and if you're really worried about being, you know, having a spoiler alert. But there's this part in Frozen 2 where Anna thinks Elsa is dead and Anna is singing this really, really sad song. And it's seriously so sad. It's like the kind of song that it's so beautiful and it almost makes me cry every time I hear it, even though I've heard it a thousand times, because it's just so moving. And the way that Kristen Bell sings it as Anna is like, she's really in it and it's really good. And my daughter used to hate this song and she would want me to fast forward this part in the movie. And whenever we would get to that song on the soundtrack, she'd want me to fast forward it. But then we had a discussion about what the song was about. And to keep it short for you, this is already a longer story than I intended. To keep it short for you, the song is Anna coming to terms with loss. Okay? She thinks Elsa's dead. And so she's kind of like starting out the song really, really sad. And she's coming to terms with loss. And then she starts to rise up. And she starts to realize that she is capable of doing great things on her own. She can stand on her own two feet and she can handle it and she can take the next step and she can go forward on her own, even though she's sad. And so now that my daughter understands what it is, it's become her favorite song and she calls it the getting brave song. And I just think it's adorable and amazing that we talked about what the song means and she named it the getting brave song. That's not the name of the song. The song, if you're interested in listening, listening to it is called, uh, do the next right thing, I think from the frozen two soundtrack. Anyway, to my daughter, it's the Getting Brave song. And I love, I love, I love that she took that message from that song and that that's what she calls it because we all need a a Getting Brave song, right? And I'm sure you probably have a bunch of Getting Brave songs. I know that I have had like many throughout the course of my life at various stages. And the whole purpose of me telling you this story is because as we go into this conversation, talking about your business and income goals for 2024, I want you to think about what your Getting Brave song is. And what does getting brave look like to you, okay? Because I think that even thinking about setting goals requires bravery. And one of my favorite sayings is like, it's okay to be afraid and brave at the same time. I think Brene Brown originally said something like that, um, that I really internalized. And I honestly had that posted on my bathroom mirror for like a couple of years, many years ago, because just that duality of being able to like recognize that you're afraid to do something or it scares you, but also that you're gonna do it anyway, And you're going to practice bravery it's super vulnerable you have to open yourself up to be a dreamer you have to admit that maybe there's areas in your life that you want to improve if you're setting goals and it's not even something that everyone is willing to do and so i want you to carry this story of anna and this song that she sings this getting brave song into 2024 and into your planning sessions where you start to think about your goals or into the sessions where you actually have to execute on things and you're really feeling scared and maybe that fear is paralyzing you or overwhelming you and you're thinking, maybe I shouldn't do this or you're second guessing yourself. I want you to think about the Getting Brave song and maybe even come up with your own Getting Brave song that you can listen to when you feel this way and that way you can push through and really work towards your goals. I know I've shared this before, but one of the things that really gets me through is holding my goals and my dreams and my visions really close to my heart. I have pictures of them on my wall. I have little like things written out at various points of my ha- of my house, and I really review like my dreams and my goals on a regular basis because to allow yourself to think about them often keeps them at the forefront of your mind, and it makes it a lot easier to make decisions from a place of alignment of where you truly want to end up. Whereas the other option would be to get distracted by the fear, right? And to let the fear get in the way or to let whatever other emotion it is get in the way and actually take you on a different track that takes you away from your goals, okay? So I've always thought of the new year not as a time to make hollow resolutions. And I don't really love the word resolutions because I think it's gotten like really overhyped. And to me, it just, it feels like surface level, okay? But I think of the new year as like, it's the end of a big cycle. And it's a time to do a serious life audit. What are the things that I want to do more of? And what do I want to let go of? And that's kind of how I think about it. When I'm setting goals, it's not necessarily, I mean, I do absolutely set goals, which is like, this is the number I want to hit, or this is the amount of people I want to register or whatever. But I also just in a more general sense, think like, what do I want to bring in? What do I want to release? Okay. And I take this time of year pretty seriously. Um, Meaning that I give it a lot of intentional thought. Not meaning that I like berate myself or I'm hard on myself if I don't reach the goals, but I really try to be intentional about the beginning of the year because it is such a new leaf and it feels like the perfect time to do this introspective work of taking an audit and seeing what you wanna let go of and what you want to call more in of. Now, I don't want you to end up at the point where you are like three years down from the road and you're like, how did I end up here? My goal was over here. Um, How did I end up in this direction? Right? And, and doing this kind of audit can really help you stay on track. So let's dive into the two steps that you can take. And you don't necessarily have to do these, it's not steps like in order. I guess maybe a better word would even be like two tips that I have for you, um, because there's gonna be a little bit of overlap and you could potentially do them at like in the opposite order of how I'm gonna present them. Um, but these are things that will really help you get clarity on your goals, and also set better goals and get you a better chance of reaching them, right? Because there's a lot of times in that process where the system can break down. Some people aren't even willing to set goals. um, And this can help you do that. Some people set goals, but they might not be actually in alignment with what they really want for their life or their business. And then some people set goals that are in alignment, but they have a lot of trouble getting there. Right. And so in these two tips or steps that we're going to talk about, you're going to have a lot of um, things that can help you with all of those different stages. So the first thing that I want you to do when you want to set better goals um, that you can reach in 2024 is to go deeper with your goals to figure out the hidden story, belief or expectation behind the goal. OK, and this takes what I was just talking about just a little bit further. And the reason that I like to bring this up is because oftentimes people don't do this. They don't consider this. And it it actually really gets in the way of them reaching their goals, because like I just mentioned, like the goal is out of alignment or maybe the goal actually isn't even what they want, but they didn't take the time to go deeper with it to figure out what they really wanted. Let's go. We'll use an example for this. And an example might be, let's say your goal this next year is to reach 100K okay, you want to be able to make $100,000 this next year in 2024. I want you to take that goal and we're going to go deeper, okay? Because it would be really easy to just say my goal in 2024 is to make $100,000. But I want you to ask yourself why. Why do you want to make $100,000? What will this bring you? Is it more notoriety, more safety, more security? Is it that you want to be able to live a little bit more carefree or not have to budget as much? Is it that you want to buy your kids more presents or have more experiences with the people that you love? What is it behind this goal that makes $100,000 in 2024 sound like a good idea? And already you can see when you start to go a little deeper on the goal, um, it's not necessarily about the number. Right. It's easy to think like, oh, I'm going to make one hundred thousand dollars in 2024 and all of my problems will be solved. (laughs) Um, And again, like that is not necessarily true, probably not true. And that also probably isn't I mean, that's not really a strong motivating factor. Right. What you have to do is connect to the feeling, the wants, the desires, the needs behind the goal. And so if you want to make a hundred thousand dollars next year, it's not, it's likely not because you want to be able to like wave around a flag that says I made a hundred thousand dollars. It's likely that that's going to bring you a sense of security, safety, freedom. It's going to bring you something really, really, really deep and profound, and it's going to help you feel a certain way. Okay. And so then once we connect the goal with that deeper story or expectation behind the goal, we can then ask ourselves that question that I talked about before. What do you need to learn or gain? And what do you need to release in order to actually hit that goal? So if let's say just for an example, this is not a real example, but let's say that you're making $30,000 and you want to jump to making $100,000 in 2024. Um, what kind of things would you need to learn and gain in order to be able to do that? You would probably learn, need to learn how to budget. Right. Not because you need to be restrictive, but because if all of a sudden um, I heard a really good exercise for this, actually, oh, I don't remember whose podcast it came from, but it was like, think of the number, the amount of money that you want to make. And imagine that that number hit your bank account today. Would you know what to do with it so that it didn't just end up gone in a couple of months? And if the answer is no, then you are not actually ready for that next jump in income. Right. You would have to learn a little bit about, like, okay, well, how much, if I made hundred K, how much taxes, like how much should I be saving every month for taxes? Um, do my current systems like allow me to make a hundred thousand dollars? Like how much in credit card processing fees would that be? Um, am I even accepting credit cards? Chances are, if you're only accepting Venmo or checks, you're not gonna be able to reach that hundred thousand dollars threshold because that's just like a lot of management of collecting money. So what other things would you need to learn or gain in order to hit that goal? Okay. And then what might you need to release in order to hit that goal with this example, because it's about money, you might need to release some old beliefs or old stories about money or your worthiness, worthiness when it comes to money. Like we talked about in episode 14. uh, I believe the title was what you believe about money will come true. Okay. So there might be also some things you might need to release. Let's say you have um, some students that you're teaching and they're like, you know, grandfathered in from a long time ago of when you were not charging very much and you've never raised the rates on them and you're charging them like $10 an hour. You're not gonna be able to make $100,000 a year if you're charging someone $10 an hour, right? It's just, it's the math doesn't add up. And so you might need to release those old students to fill to create a void in your schedule that then could be filled by tasks that are making you more money, okay? And so here in this step or in this tip, what we're doing is we're going deeper we're, we're asking for the feelings, the desires, the expectations behind the goal. And then we're connecting those feelings, desires, and expectations to the goal to make the goal a little bit more meaningful. And then we're also asking ourselves, in order to get to that goal and feel those things, what do you need to learn? What do you need to gain? What do you need to release? Okay. Now, once you ask yourself these questions and you go deeper to figure out all of those beliefs and stories and expectations behind your goal, then you can actually move a little bit more into the strategy side and you can start to uh, strategically think on how you can hit the goal. And the last part that I was talking about of like, what might you need to gain? What might you need to release? That's also going to come into play here. Okay. So these, you can see how these tips kind of like flow into each other. So when you are thinking from a strategic standpoint about how to hit your goals, I want you to strategize, this is my second tip, with three currencies in mind, because it's not just about time. It's not just about money. It's also about energy. Okay. And by energy, I mean your energy. I mean, how do you feel about it? I mean, are you tired? Are you exhausted? Are you excited? Are you looking forward to doing what you're doing? So we have those three currencies that we are keeping in mind as we goal set. So if we take the example of you making $100,000 in 2024, let's go a little deeper and let's work backwards. So now we're going to start strategizing from like a time, money, energy standpoint. So first of all, how much money do you charge for lessons right now? And how many hours is your ideal amount to work per week? So let's say you charge $75 an hour and you want to work 20 hours a week. Okay, and so I did some math right before this episode because I'm not this fast at math, <laughs> but that's about $1,500 a week. And if you assume that you're, on, I'm gonna assume you're on a monthly billing model. So your income is the same every month, even with the holidays, that's only seventy-eight thousand dollars a year, okay? And so you wanna make 100,000, but with what you're charging currently and the amount of hours you're willing to work, so with the, the money and the time, you are making $78,000 a year. And that's a $22,000 a year difference. So now we can start to strategize. What are some ways that you could make $22,000 more more this next year? You could raise your rates. That would be trading at a higher money currency, right? So we raise the rates and that's kind of taking into account money. Um, You could add more hours, which is the time factor. You could increase the amount of time that you are working. That would, if you kept your rates the same, that would also increase your income, although your energy might falter. Your energy might suffer a little bit. If you're only wanting to work 20 hours a week and you increase that number of hours, I would say your energy will likely suffer. Okay. Um, Perhaps you want to do neither of those things. And maybe you're in it for the long haul and you want to create a digital course that you might sell, which in the beginning would actually take you a lot of time and energy, but by the end of the year could potentially be bringing you in money in larger amounts without hardly any of your time or energy right? And so there's different ways that you can strategize about going towards these goals, but you're going to do it in a holistic way. You're going to think about how much time is this going to take me? How much money is this going to take me or bring me? And how much energy is this going to take or, or give me, right? And if you keep those three things in mind, it just helps you set goals that are I don't want to, I I hate the word realistic. It's not that the goals are more realistic. It's that they're just more holistic, right? You're taking into account the whole entire picture. Oftentimes I see people setting goals and they're really short-sighted in how they set the goals. And they'll say something like, well, I want to make $100,000 a year. So I'm going to take on 20 more students. Like technically, yes, if you're charging the right rate, that might make you leap up to 100K a year. And if you have the energy and you have the time and you know you're not going to get burnt out, then go for it but I have yet to meet a teacher where that's true, right? Because we all only have a finite amount of time and we all have a finite amount of energy. So when you think about your time and your energy in conjunction with money, it allows you to be more holistic. It allows you to come up with better plans and you ask yourself better questions. And then if we take it back to that first tip where we're talking about going, you know, to the story or the belief or the expectation behind the goal, it also allows us to ask that question of like what we will need to learn or gain and what we need to release with just a little bit more of a secure compass, right? When we're thinking about time, money and energy. Okay. So instead of setting a goal, because it sounds nice or because on the surface, it seems like it would solve all of your problems, go deeper, figure out the story and the beliefs and the expectations behind the goal and what it will bring you. And then strategize about how you might hit that goal, considering the three currencies, time, money, and energy. And don't leave that last one out. Okay. And to bring this back around to the beginning of our episode, where we were talking about the the brave song from Frozen 2 that Anna sings when she is so sad, it's called do the next right thing. And I love this line because I know for me, when I'm setting goals, it's really easy to think about the end goal. It's really easy to be like, this is the end goal. This is how it's gonna make me feel. I'm so motivated, I'm so motivated, I'm so motivated. And sometimes it slips in, I I can slip into a mindset of like, oh my gosh, why am I not there right now, right? Sometimes it feels really inspiring and really exciting to like attach to that goal and to attach to those feelings. And sometimes it feels like, why is this taking so long? Why isn't it perfect right now? Why am I not at that end point right now? And this song, in addition to being a getting brave song, to me, is a really good reminder to allow yourself to take the next right step, right? The song says do the next right thing. Not all the right things, not you have to have every single thing figured out right now, but just do the next step. What is that one step that takes you in the direction of that goal, okay? You can't leap to the finish line, but you can take one step every day in the direction of where you want to go. And oftentimes the difference, I say this all the time, the difference between someone that is farther ahead of you and maybe going on a path that you want to go on is just that they just kept taking those steps. They didn't stop, right? So come up with your goal, figure out why it's meaningful you to strategize on how you'll get there and start taking those individual steps. You will get there. You've got this. And if you need help, let me know. I have my business coaching inquiry down there in the show notes. You're welcome to fill out an application so we can jump on a Zoom call and see if it would be a fit or post a question in the Prosperous Piano Teacher Facebook group. If you are you know, thinking about your goals and you wanna share them with someone for accountability or you want feedback on your goals, post them in that Facebook group and we can give you some feedback and we can chime in and have some great discussions on it. I hope you have an incredible week. I look forward to talking with you next time. Have an awesome one. Talk soon. Hey there. Thank you for being here. I love connecting with you every single week. And one of my favorite parts of connecting with you is actually getting to know you. I created a free community for business-minded piano teachers to come together every single week, connect and learn even more tangible strategies for business streamlining and scaling. You can join using the link in the show notes, and I can't wait to get to know you.